Hi, I am Kimber Peterson, and I'm your host today as we dive in and talk about correcting behaviors with my ADHD child. Now, when you listen to our podcast, you've probably heard us talking about the different skills and tools that you can use as a parent. And occasionally, we will talk about correcting behaviors, but not very often because this isn't our primary focus. Now, what's funny about that is that most of our questions and our inquiries that are coming from parents are about what consequence is going to fix this? What can I do to stop this negative behavior? How do I respond when my child does this? While it's an important thing to keep in mind, it's not actually our focus and it's not where all of your change is going to come from. And so you don't hear us talking about it very often on the podcast. Keep that in mind as we dive into this topic and you learn more about how to effectively correct a behavior. When we are correcting behaviors, we are addressing a situation that we've already discussed with our child. We've already walked through it with them. Ideally, we've already used the tools of preventive teaching, role-playing, soda's problem-solving, and effective praise. Once we've used all of those tools and we're using them effectively, then we can start implementing correcting behaviors as well. What correcting behaviors is meant to do is it's just meant to say, I've set and I've established this boundary. And if you pass that boundary or if you break it, then here's the outcome or the consequence that comes with it. It is not meant to drive their behavior or to be the ultimate motivator for them. It is really just meant to say, I gave you all of this wiggle room within this boundary. When you break the boundary, this is the outcome. So with correcting behaviors, there's seven steps. I might walk up to a situation and realize that my child is woefully out of line with what our family rules are (laughs) Um, and that they have broken an expectation, uh, whatever that might be. But it's something that I've used all of these other tools with. I've really used preventive teaching in order to teach and establish this expectation. So my child has a clear understanding of what the expectation is already. And they've broken it. And so I can address this using corrective behaviors. Now, most parents are inclined to address these shocking behaviors or situations or frustrating moments with just that shock and frustration. Um, That leads to reacting to the behavior. And instead, we want you to respond to the behavior. And that's what this skill is built to do. So there are seven steps to it. The first step is to get your child's attention to stop the the problem behavior. So let's say for this scenario that we have an expectation in our home that our child does not jump on the couch. They can jump on the bean bag or they can go outside and use the pogo stick. They can go in the backyard and jump to their heart's content, but we don't jump on the couches. Well, lo and behold, I walk downstairs and my child is jumping on the couch because they'll push that boundary inevitably. So they are jumping on the couch. And my first reaction is to say, what are you doing (laughs) when we both know what he's doing? And all I'm doing in that statement is setting us up to be on two different teams and to put him on the defensive. Now that's not a good way to get us started. And so instead these steps are built to have us do otherwise. So step one will be to get their child and to get their attention and to stop the problem behavior. So I get their attention by saying, Uh, My son's name is Grayson. So Grayson, hop off the couch and come over here. So I've moved him away from the situation that we're in. 
Step two is I'm going to express empathy. I'm going to find a way to connect and put us onto the same team. Instead of that defensive mode of putting us onto two different teams and I'm accusing him, instead, we're going to look at the problem together. So one of the ways that I do that is I pull him over next to me. I help, I put my arm around him and we both look at the couch together. Instead of me looming over him and pointing my finger at him and telling him he should not be doing that, he knows better than that, I'm just going to pull him next to me. So I pull him over. We both look at the couch and we say, you know, you're here. You've got a lot of energy. You want to get that out and you want to play and have fun. I understand that. But that over there is the couch. And in our home, you're not allowed to jump on that couch. So I have expressed empathy and I have clarified what the negative behavior was. He's not allowed to jump on that couch and he was jumping on the couch. Step four is delivering a consequence. So here's the outcome. Now for most little behaviors like jumping on the couch or those kinds of things, I'm going to use simply taking the time to practice or having to change activities as the consequence. So he might need to leave the room and go do something different, or we might need to spend five minutes practicing. And that's a sufficient consequence for these little behaviors. If I try to do really large consequences for these little tiny behaviors, then we're both going to be drowning in a hole of things that he can't do. And we're both going to get stuck in it. So instead, I'm going to deliver a consequence. And for him, one of these little consequences is just to go and take a break by doing a different activity. So we're instead of being in the living room, we're going to go and you can go play in, um, in your bedroom. And that's, that's an appropriate place for you to play. If you want to bounce on your bed, then that's, that's allowed in our home. And that's fine with me. Um, it's just the living room couch that you're not allowed to jump on because that's a nicer piece of furniture. So maybe that's my expectation that I've established already. And so when I'm delivering the consequence, I'm going to use the consequences that I've already thought of and set up. So one of the consequences being you need to change activities and go do something in a different room. Now, once I've described what I want my child, now, once I've described what the consequence is to him, and so he knows what the expectation is going to be moving forward, I'm going to describe how I want him to behave instead next time. I'm also going to tell him right here and now that he can earn back some of that consequence by practicing. So in my description, I would say something like, in our living room, we need to sit on the couches nicely. These couches are really nice and we have guests that come in and they sit on them too. We don't want the pillows thrown all over the room. We don't want the cushions all broken up and damaged from jumping. And so instead, you've got other areas where you can jump. So if your body is feeling like it needs to jump, where are good places for you to go and do that? In that description and that explanation, I have just described what I want him to do instead, given him a reason why, and we're starting a practice of how to do something differently. So in this example, we're diving right into practicing doing something different. So he might say, oh, I'm allowed to um, go outside and jump on a pogo stick. I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to bounce on my bed and go upstairs. And so I can bounce up there or I can do hopscotch and jump outside. All of those things give him that stimulus that he's looking for, that jumping activity, while also making sure that he's meeting the home expectations and boundaries that we've set up that we do not jump on the couch. So step seven would be go through and practice those. So I, <laughs> I love this step, especially for kids with ADHD or even kids just with hyperactivity in general, which 
all kids developmentally go through experiences and stages where they have more energy than their body can contain. And that's okay. And that's normal. So we are going to practice all three of those locations. And this is one of the adaptations that you can and should make if your child has ADHD. Instead of just practicing or instead of just talking about it one time, I want you to walk through and physically do it, physically get those actions in and do it multiple times over and over again. So for Grayson, um, in this scenario, he just said, you know, here's a couple of other places that I'm allowed to jump. And so I'm going to have him go off to each of those places and he needs to go and jump there and then come back and let me know it's done and go jump in the other place and let me know that it's done and go jump in the other place and let me know that it's done. That back and forth is helping him really get in that muscle memory of here's exactly where I can go. It is releasing his energy that he has all cooped up because I'm not just saying don't jump on the couch, get off of that. And then he's sitting there contained with all of it. And it's helping us build our relationship because he's having fun doing this. He's loving going outside, doing a round of hopscotch, coming right back in and letting me know that it's done. I have a lot of enthusiasm around it, a lot of excitement, and he goes to all of those different areas and gets that jumping out. So once we've gone through and we've done all of those expectations and we've walked through that role play, in this scenario, I said that my consequence I chose was that he needed to go and do a different activity. He couldn't be in the living room. And so I can actually reduce that consequence. Now that he's gone through and he's practiced, he's gotten out a lot of energy and I'm okay with him being in the living room, but I'm going to reestablish that he's not allowed to jump on the couch. And so I might say something like, great job practicing. Now that you're all done, you can be in the living room, but you're not going to get on the couch for right now. And so I have reduced that consequence. He is allowed to come back into this area, but he's not going to sit on the couches because I'm not going to eliminate that consequence altogether. Now, when you're doing consequences with your child, I often recommend that you use these little tiny, tiny pieces of time in order to mark those consequences because I'm not trying to be punishing or to take things away. And if you are looking at a five-year-old that is jumping on the couch and trying to think of what you can take away from him, then you're going to be exhausted with how many things that you're taking away. And that five-year-old is going to stop caring and also become exhausted with how many things are getting taken away. One thing that happened in this scenario was that the consequence was very immediate. And so it's not a in a little bit or earlier today you were jumping on the couches or all day you've been jumping on the couches. It was in this moment you were jumping on the couch. So we both paused what we were doing immediately and addressed it. Now, this is a really important component for any child that has ADHD because they're not motivated with consequences that are not immediate. You want to figure out what consequences are effective with your child and then apply them right away. And again, in really small doses. If your child is older, and I gave the scenario about my child being five years old, I want you to help mix up your practices a little bit. Make it a little bit more challenging for them instead of just going through this routine of okay, now you do this, or you say this, or what should you have done differently? And then just having them say it back and then move on and do their activity. I want you to switch up what you're doing and look for ways to change your approach. If you find yourself doing a consequence over and over and over again for the same thing, a couple things could be happening. One is that your, your child is having a hard time ex um, accepting the boundary. Two is that you're not noticing how many times they're doing it correctly in between those times that they're doing it incorrectly. So an example with this scenario would be maybe I feel like my son is jumping on the couch all of the time. I am constantly correcting him for jumping on the couch and he won't stop doing it. 
maybe I'm not noticing all the times that he's jumping in those other places that we practiced and that we acknowledge that he should. And so maybe in comparison of how much he's jumping in general, he's really not jumping that often on the couch. He just really needs some redirection with it. Or the other thing could be that I'm not redirecting it in an appropriate way. I'm not helping him change the behavior because I'm just focused on what he shouldn't do. And I'm not focused on what he should do instead. So maybe we're dealing with this couch jumping scenario. And I feel like I'm constantly telling him to stop jumping on the couch, but I'm not being consistent because I'm not addressing it every single time. Sometimes I'm tired and I just ignore it when he's jumping on the couch. And maybe I'm also, um, I'm not giving him an alternative. Instead, I'm just telling him stop jumping on the couch. And that's the end of our conversation. So those two things lack the learning experience that he's needing to gain from my correction. And so instead, I need to make sure that I'm being very consistent. And your ADHD kids, they need consistency. So I'm being very consistent. Every time I see him jumping on the couch, I am going through these steps. I am pausing what I'm doing and I am redirecting the behavior. And then I'm actually doing that redirect. I'm not just saying, don't jump on the couch. Instead, I'm saying, don't jump here, but you can jump here, here, and here. And then giving him all of the other areas and options that he might have. And then he's going through and he's physically practicing it. He's getting out that energy as we rehearse it. When your child is done practicing, be sure to praise them and to decrease the consequence. Now, just like that immediacy that we talked about before, I want to immediately redirect the negative behavior. I have to immediately redirect or not redirect. Just like we talked about before, where I need to immediately redirect the negative behavior. I have to praise immediately when I see the positive behavior. So in this correcting behaviors skill, we have gone through and we've given him an opportunity to learn from his experience and to try what he should have done instead. And I have to use that as my first opportunity for praising him. I'm going to celebrate that. I'm going to focus on it. I'm going to praise him and reinforce him for that positive behavior, even though it was artificial. It was something that I walked him through. We went through, we did it together, all of those things. A lot of parents get held up on the fact that they're not doing it naturally or on their own. Don't focus on those pieces. Instead, focus on the fact that he went through and he did what I asked him to do and he jumped in appropriate places. And now my job as the parent, now that we've finished this interaction, I have the responsibility. And now my job as the parent, now that we've finished this interaction, is to find opportunities to praise him for doing what we just practiced. Now, a great thing that you could try out if you need help focusing in on that, or you're dealing with these little tiny negative behaviors that often come up with kids with ADHD, is I could make a little note or I could set a timer for myself. Maybe my timer goes off in an hour and I need to think back, did I praise him four times in that last hour for times where he jumped in appropriate places or he was playing in appropriate places. And I need to retrain my brain to be looking for him doing things positively and not just ignoring and moving on when I see, yeah, he's sitting quietly at the table. He should be sitting quietly at the table. So I don't need to do anything about that. I just get to move on with my life. Instead, I need to redirect that thinking and I need to start focusing on those times. Wow, he's sitting quietly at the table. I really need to reinforce that and praise it. He's not jumping on the couch. He's doing exactly what I need him to do. And I'm going to praise it. I'm going to celebrate it. And I'm going to reinforce it. Using that reinforcement 
that is where the change is coming from. So if you're looking for behaviors to change, you're not looking for ways to correct the negative things that are happening. You're looking for ways to praise the things that are going well. So with all that being said, I want you to take some some of these tweaks and some of these adjustments and focuses that we talked about around the skill of correcting behaviors. And I want you to try applying them today. Go and use them with your child apply them creatively, and start to learn and understand the ways that your child is responding to you when you approach them with a correcting behavior. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time.